Today on Locked on Blue Jackets, Prospect Corner is back on this special weekend edition of the podcast. We're talking again to Will Scouch of Scouching about uh, Philip Mayshaw and just why the Slovakians are so good this year. That's what's coming up and more on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and soon to be YouTube, so keep an eye out for that. Like I mentioned off the top, today we're doing another prospect profile. Uh, I sat down again with Will Scouch of Scouching to talk about Philip Mayshaw, a uh, Slovakian prospect, and we also talk a little bit about uh, why there are so many good Slovakian kids in this draft. So I'll, uh, I'll just get right into it. So let's go from uh, one kind of junior hockey nation that's doing really good things to another one, because I have, I think, done draft profiles for, this will be the third Slovakian player that I've looked Mm -hmm. at in this draft. And they seem to have just kind of come out of nowhere with all of this young talent all of a sudden. Um, So I want to talk about that in a little bit more detail later on, but we should probably start by looking at uh, one guy in particular. Uh, What can you tell me about uh, Philip Mesa? Yeah, so this guy is going to be interesting to see what happens with him. I have been a big fan of his since I saw him playing last year, and I believe it was at the Holinka tournament at the beginning of the year, or I don't think there was one because of COVID. But anyway, uh, I've I've been watching Meshar for a while, and and everyone seems to be giving a lot of attention to Simon Nemec. I totally understand why people are doing that, but... I, I look at Philip Mashar and see a really interesting sort of dynamic 200-foot center. He's played center pretty much every time I've seen him play, maybe a little bit on the wing here and there. So you could put him on the wing, and I'm sure he'd be perfectly fine. But he's a really wonderful skater, covers ice really, really well, um, really fluid. Not necessarily the fastest guy. I'd say that that's probably a thing that holds him back, is that lack of real quickness, straight line speed, real escape escapability um he can get closed off when he does have the puck on his stick and that is i think a hindrance that's holding him back from being more useful offensively but you watch him you know finding open space in transition finding you know places to be and getting there quickly um he's a great back checker he knows how to get involved defensively um and just brings a lot of things to the game where i'm going all right in a couple of years, I could see this guy being a, a real heck of a player if he just gets a little bit quicker, gets a little bit stronger, uh, you know, just continues sort of getting his reps in the Slovakian Pro League, getting better and better over there, Take bring him along slowly, because um, I do think there's a really interesting player there. He's he's a, maybe not the biggest scoring threat in terms of scoring goals on his own, but he has this ability off the boards to make plays and and ability to sort of you know, in a way kind of similar to Logan Cooley, where he can stay square to the middle of the ice, read his options, move pucks really effectively into dangerous areas. And he's done that relatively often in games I've seen him. And he's doing it against male grown men competition. Like he's doing it against professional competition, which I think is really impressive. 
Um, he's been playing really well. I thought he looked pretty good at the brief time he played in the Olympics and at the World Juniors. And I mean, he's a guy that right now I'm seeing Central Scouting having at 15th in Europe, which kind of implies maybe a mid to late second round pick, but I can't imagine he's going to be there past 20. And I, I can also totally see a world where maybe with Columbus's pick in the mid first this year, he's a guy that's on that short list. There are some others that I think might pass him for me by the end of the year, but he's a guy who I've been impressed with for years. And I think brings a lot of, you know, thinking first style play to the game that I think is really impressive to a certain type of scout while having a, a really good sense of fluidity and mobility around the ice and, and some skill on the side, just a really nice blank slate. And again, like I said, off the top, I'll be fascinated to see where he's at in five years, because I think there could be a, a pretty impressive hockey player there one day. Yeah. I, I talked about something similar with uh, Tony Ferrari, actually, where we were talking about, you know, like you say, he's got, he's got some growing to do. He's got some developing to do. Mm -hmm. And Do you take, you know, a player who you think could turn into a really, really great player in the future? Or do you take a player who's better now, but has probably kind of already hit his ceiling and, you know, kind of looking at, looking at Mesha, he's only, he's 5'10", 170 pounds. So I assume he's going to pack on a fair amount of muscle. You know, he's, and this is something that kind of has always bothered me about the draft is when people are like, oh, he's too small. Like he's 18. Yep. You know, I think it's, they can't all be Owen Power, who's like <laughs> six, five and 225 yeah. pounds at yep. the age of, at the age of like not even 19. So uh, it's coming up in a minute. I've got more conversation with Will about Amesha. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next five coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs and remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. If you want to put a bet on something, anything, as crazy as you can imagine, BetOnline probably has the odds for it. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network and we are free and available on all podcast platforms. So thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every day. This, yeah, this guy seems like a, maybe, like you say, maybe a, a late teens-ish draft pick, but someone that could kind of very quietly do uh, almost like the Lucas Raymond thing of just kind of sit back, take another year or two, and then turn up in the NHL and just kind of shock everyone. Is that kind of a, a fair assessment, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Lucas Raymond brought more offensive pop to his game at the same age, but Meshar is no slouch. I, I think that, you know, the only thing holding, what, what, what's great about players like Meshar that play in pro hockey in Europe is you can get, especially, you know, you mentioned size and, and what, uh, what importance that carries. And I'm, you're speaking my language. I'm right with you. I think that size brings limitations, both at the, ex at the extreme ends of the spectrum, whether you're five foot seven, five, eight, or six foot seven or six foot eight. There are pros and cons to either. And I think people really understate the advantages of, of a guy like Meshar, who's maybe 5'10", a little bit smaller. Um, but I look at him and I see a guy playing in men's hockey leagues and, and, and any player playing in a men's league. And I see a lot of 
clues as to, okay, here's where this player is going to probably struggle at least at first, right? If I were to take this player, plop him in the NHL, the same issues I'm seeing at this men's league level overseas will be at, they'll probably be worse in the NHL if that player comes over right away, but at least I know that they're there. You know, there's a lot of junior level guys where you go, yeah, but maybe it won't work against pro guys. Maybe this, maybe that. Whereas with Meshar, I see him and go, look, if he's got space, you know, he can slink away from pressure. He can sort of sneak around the ice a little bit and he's got some quickness to him. He's a great skater, but when the puck is on his stick at this men's level, he can get closed in on real quick. And he kind of has, he's a little bit heavy footed in terms of generating speed and getting up the ice and really fighting off that pressure. So to me, that kind of leads me to believe that, look, a lot of things are kind of going right. But in terms of this kid, you don't want to draft someone in the mid first round who you think will struggle against NHL competition in terms of scoring points. But I think that with improvement, you can identify those issues before he's drafted and go, okay, we know where to go from here with this kid. We know what he needs to work on. We know options we have of like working around them rather than saying, well, let's see what happens when they go to say the SHL or the Liga or the KHL or something. And, and we'll see what happens um, when they play up there and, and figure it out. So it's, it's an advantage in terms of an analyzing a prospect um, and especially these smaller ones where you can sort of see how their size affects their game, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's, it's easy with a bigger prospect to look and be like, oh, well, he can kind of hold his own against men, but it's just because he's, you know, six, four or whatever mm-hmm. and can, can throw a hit. So it's always, it's always fun for, for me as a person who is you know like five nine five ten on a good day you know I gravitate towards the kind of the smaller prospect I think they're more fun I think they have to work harder to get to where they are and so a guy like Meshar I think is someone that's really intriguing to me as someone who definitely has some growing to do but also could just kind of has learned how to work with his size against people that are much bigger than him already. Um, does he have a, an NHL comparable that, that you can think of? See, yeah, that's a tougher one for me. Cause I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to think, but I, I honestly can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Um, he's, but he's, he's one of these guys. I don't know what position he's going to play in the NHL. It would be nice if he played center, but I, I don't expect it at least not right now um and i'm trying to think of some undersized like he's he's going to be more of i think a 200 foot guy rather than someone scoring a ton of points um so if there are any sort of five foot ten two two way sort of wingers that can maybe play the center here and there um maybe a guy like meshar fits that mold but not sure off the top of my head unfortunately yeah that's fair he feels like a guy that can maybe play like higher up in the lineup on the wing but will do very well as like a middle six center sure yeah yeah Um, and i mean i'm just i'm just looking at a list of guys that you know maybe fit this mold i mean the the, a name that just jumped out to me going through the list here is like maybe nick suzuki a little bit maybe not that that ceiling offensively but one of these guys who brings a lot to the table in terms of thinking the game the right way putting in the work at both ends driving decent results and you know maybe not having the quickest set of feet on the planet um or the most amount of size but 
finds a way to make it work. So that's 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 the name that kind of popped up immediately for me. But I'm also very cautious about uh, giving giving players uh you know giving players a, a comparable. Yeah, for sure. In a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Will about uh, the Slovakian development process for their prospects. Uh, that's what's coming up next on Logs on Blue Jackets. So we talked a little bit about how the American team, the American World Juniors team, and you know the development program and everything, and how that's a really good model for what's mm-hmm. making you know a very very good youth team and kind of a, a basis for uh, USA Hockey to to build on in theory with their senior team. And so the Slovakians are kind of obviously not on the same scale, but like I said um, a little bit earlier. This is kind of the third Slovakian guy that I'm looking at who could go in kind of the top top 15, top 20 of the of the draft. So like could you talk a little bit about kind of how Slovakia is developing their players and kind of have you seen is this confirmation bias or is this something that kind of has been trending upwards for the past little while, do you think? Well, I think <clears throat> I think a big thing that has kind of been going on i mean it's pretty incredible i mean sometimes this happens where i would i would say slovakia is more of like a b-list hockey nation no disrespect but they are kind of that you know world championship quarterfinal team generally um and and that's a great achievement but i think that what kind of is happening is we're seeing a bit of an echo from what happened when these kids were really young so guys like Philip Mashar and Yuri Slavkovsky, they were born right after Slovakia won the world championship. I believe they had a couple of good Olympics around that time. Um, you know, they, they, they won a world championship in 2002. So I see that as sort of a golden era of Slovakia right around when these kids would have been born. And that nostalgia was still kind of fresh when they're young. So if you're a four or five year old kid, like I remember being really young and, seeing all the players that were famous at the time or had been famous before and just like looking up to those guys and just how important that that was. And I feel like there might be this sort of little generation of players who really latched on to just how good these, these Slovak teams were at the beginning of the, of the, of the century. It feels weird that I just said that, but (laughs) 20, 20 years ago, right? Like they're kind of there and that, that nostalgia is there. And so it kind of might have been a motivator of some kind. There might have been extra funding available um, that, you know, with investments and such into Slovakian hockey to sort of continue that and foster the next generation of kids. And now these kids are all grown up and there's quite a few who I, I think um, are more than worth drafting in this year's draft. There's quite a few Slovakian kids that I've seen and have sort of sat back and gone, oh, okay, like, yeah, there's, this is a pretty impressive group of players and there's more coming next season. So it's, it's, it's one of these weird times where that this can happen with one of these countries where just a number of players all sort of in a similar age group just hit the radar and are impossible to ignore. And it's really exciting. I love when this kind of thing happens um, because you never know what kids are going to be watching these kids play in the NHL. And in 10, 20 years, there might be even more to, to come from it. So I think it, there, there, there's, there is a bit of, of that. And there is a national team program similar to what the U.S. has that they have been developing further and further over the last few years. 
and that te- those teams have also gotten better and better. Um, so there's a lot of different things going on here, but I think a lot of it goes back to sort of where the country was at when they were born and how that has a knock-on effect to the kids that were growing up then and shortly after. Um, and I think that that we're seeing the the fruits of that labor now and, and a really exciting group of, of Slovakians. Yeah, it's extra. It's really kind of poignant to think about that, especially as, uh, you know, someone who covers the Blue Jackets, because, you know, obviously they haven't been around for very long. And so we're kind of getting to that point now where there are players kind of entering the NHL who play hockey because of the Blue Jackets, because they were there when the Blue Jackets started. You know, uh, Jack Rosovic is, uh, he was a, a junior Blue Jacket. He's been around, I think he's 24-ish. And so, you know, he's been around basically as long as the the Blue Jackets have. And uh, it's it's really fun to see. And so I hope that uh, Slovakia can mm. continue to, to grow and change. And uh, you did say that they were born in like 2002. And I immediately was like, wow, I'm, I am extremely old now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was I mean, an interview. I'm, I'm born in 1990. That's, uh... that's kind of all I had for uh, questions on, on these two guys. So if people would like to kind of learn a little bit more about prospects or look at some of the work you're doing in ranking prospects, where can people find you and your work? So uh, you can follow my work on Twitter at Scouching, or you can go to my YouTube channel, um, also Scouching. Uh, we do weekly live streams over there. Next month, we'll be, uh, um, we are, we'll be starting up the Scouching Reports, which is my sort of uh, culminating work at the end of every season. So those start up next month. You can also support me directly at patreon.com uh, slash scouching with all kinds of perks to access data sheets for prospects, my tracked data for prospects, um, drafted prospects for every team uh, available in sort of a database format. You can, you can check it out at, at, at Patreon and, and see what you see what you're comfortable with. There's a Discord server that's a very vibrant community. Um, you can also follow my work at mckeenshockey.com uh, where I, I post, there will be written versions of the scouting reports and uh, I'm part of the video team there putting together some video and data first um, pieces on, on whatever there is to talk about in the draft. And there will be more of that coming in the next couple of months. So that's a pretty good start and uh, happy to answer whatever questions you have. Yeah, well, I know I will almost definitely have more questions uh, as we get closer and closer to the draft because I try to do every season. I'm like, I'm going to learn more about prospects this season. And then I realize how many there are and mm. fail. But yes. uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, for coming on to talk about prospects. This was, oh. uh, this was great. This was very yeah. educational for me and hopefully for my listeners. Absolutely. Great. To, great to be here, Jay. And that's kind of all I've got time for today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to be looking at tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to be breaking that down, taking a look at how the team is doing. Uh, we've got some lineup news. We've got uh, some monsters talk coming up as well. So it should be uh, should be a fun week for Blue Jackets fans. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you go and make 
Locked on NHL Fantasy, your second listen of the day. The guys over there are doing a really great job at helping you get the edge in your fantasy hockey league. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.